Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's Great Conversation is an encore listen to the most popular episode of the podcast from our first 12 months, Beru's Bushani's No Friend But The Mountains. I'm Andrew Popel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians, their ongoing connection to the land, and it's, it's stolen land, it was never ceded. And on Final Draft, we explore the best of Australia's books, writing, and literary culture, as featured on 2SER. Now, the Great Conversations podcast, it's a chance to hear more of these discussions. And to celebrate our, our first year, I asked you to listen, vote with your ears, and you told me that... The conversation that I had with Beruz Bushani about his absolutely phenomenal novel, No Friend But The Mountains, was your favourite. Beruz is still imprisoned on Manus Island. He is a refugee um, and he has written No Friend But The Mountains as a beautiful, lyrical, magical exploration of that experience and what is happening to not just himself, but many, many people who are refugees seeking asylum in Australia. So join me as we revisit Beru's Bushani's No Friend But The Mountains. No Friend But The Mountains is, uh, uh, you know, actually is a part of Kurdish culture that the Kurdish culture uh, say in the courts, no half friend, but the mountains. Okay. My name is Beru's Bushani. I am a novelist, uh, a Kurdish uh, novelist and journalist. Uh, currently living on Manus Island. I am here for five years. Uh, the Kurdistan history is a real uh, a big tragedy and uh, the Kurdish people know no friend but the mountains. So, and you know, mountains is a main part of our, uh, you know, Kurdistan uh, nature and has a, a big impact on music and food and you know uh, you know perspe- people perspectives and you know it's very important Kurdish you know the mountains in Kurdish culture as a big part of the nature mm-hmm. so um, yeah that's why I named the book no front but the mountains what I was really curious um, when I discovered the book I had read your journalism and you've had an expansive body of work in journalism through through uh, organizations like The Guardian since your imprisonment. Can you tell me about the difference in approach and style that you bring in a novel in No Friend But The Mountains? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, people in Australia and uh, especially, you know, particularly those people who have involved in uh, uh, our plight on Manus Island and Nauru, uh, know me as a journalist and uh, a filmmaker because I made the movie Choco Place the last time that I would like to talk about the movie as well. Mm, of course. So they know me as a journalist, but I myself know myself uh, as a novelist first. So, uh, and you know, I have uh, worked on uh, this book over the past five years. And, you know, it took a long time because it was a very hard process. And also it's really was, uh, you know, writing in litra- with literary language is really hard. It's very different with 
journalism works. So when you work on uh, journalism work uh, on an article, so it is easier to write. Uh, but uh, writing uh, in uh, with uh, literary language is really hard. It's really difficult, and you should have uh, some space, and you should, uh, you know. Uh, so that's why it took a long time that I write it down, and I was waiting for, uh, you know, publishing this book for five years. So. Yeah, but now that people read this book, they understand they yeah, that I am a novelist. So uh, that's why I think there is a some uh, you know different uh, uh, you know understanding between the people who are following our situation and my words and my understanding because I understand myself as a novelist. Mm. So. People ask me that why did you decide to write this book in uh, with literary language, and they say because you know it is a simple question, and the answer is simple as well. I say the answer is that I am a novelist because I am a novelist, so that's why I wrote it in this uh, language. And if I wouldn't be in, in uh, if I was not in Manus uh, Island. And I was free in somewhere else. Definitely, I would write a different novel. But yeah, so of course, I'm a novelist and I write novel. I was very struck by your language in No Friend But The Mountains. You move through prose and, and lyricism. And you very much work hard to define and help the reader understand language from the the monikers that you give to your fellow prisoners um, through the naming of Manus as a prison to you. I mean, very much in Australia, we hear um, ideas of detention, not prison. But what does it mean for you to write and to create and to define language in your novel? Yeah, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, for a long time, I... uh, published in my articles and I, uh, you know, uh, explain my thinking that we should don't follow the, uh, you know, the official language. We should don't follow the uh, governmental language. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Yeah. So, uh, because, you know, the official language and the government always called this place offshore processing center. But for us, for us is a prison. Mm. And we have been in a real prison. So that's why I create a new language. So we need the, we don't have to follow the official language. We don't have to follow the, you know, the governmental uh, language because they are, you know, creating this prison and they have been uh, able to keep us in this prison for five years through their language. So we should create our language and we should, uh, you know, create our concepts. So that's why I use, I create some concepts like chirical system, systematic torture, prison, 
And uh, so I think these concepts are, are true and we should follow these and we should uh, work and fight through our own uh, language. And uh, for a long time, I say to the organization and to the advocates and to, you know, human rights people that we should create our language and we don't have to follow the government of um, official language and the problem my big problem with the journalism language is that in the journalism language the media always uh, following the uh, you know this language the mm. official language so that's why i think the journalism language is very weak to describe the situation it's very weak to describe the life and manus uh, prison it's very weak to, you know, uh, tell through about, uh, you know, what is happening on Manus and Nauru. So that's why I think it is very important. So in this book, I created many new concepts, and I think they are basic concepts, and uh, the organizations and the advocates and human rights defender people uh, should uh, fight against it. The system should fight against this uh, policy on base of those concepts. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I, uh, no, look, I, I think this book is very important. One of the reasons is that that we have our own language mm. to fight against this system. I think. I think people often forget the power in language and the way naming something can then define it. I want to I want to take you for a moment to the the opposite of what we were talking about and I want to talk about silence. What role does silence and invisibility play in maintaining a system like Manus prison and what do you hope for no friend but the mountains in occupying the space that this silence leaves? Yeah, you know I actually this book no friend but the mountains uh, when I have started to write it you know, my aim was to create a work and create a book uh, as a piece of art that be that remain forever. So, and be over the generations, over the time, and over the places. So we can say that this book is not for this time. It's not for this uh, historical time. Mm. It's not only for this historical time, and also it's not only about. Uh, refugees is not only about the uh, Kurdish people. It's not only about uh, you know Australia. This book is belong to unknown readers from around the world. Mm-hmm. This book is for next generation as well. So that's why uh, I think it's very important. And and I spent so much time to create this book. And, you know, my aim is to have a big impact on, uh, you know, Australian society, yeah, particularly Australian society, and, you know, uh, you know have in, uh, a deep uh, effect and impact on uh, this policy. And I hope that people, you know, by reading this book and, you know, introduce this book to others and, uh, passing to pass the book to other readers, uh, you know, 
make people aware that what uh, the Australian government has done on Manus Island and Nauru. So I think this book has this potential to create change. And, you know, over the past five years, many people, uh, you know, have uh, done many protests against this policy in Australia. But nothing changed. Nothing changed. Many media published their stories. And I myself, I published many articles. I uh, made a movie that got a global attention, but we couldn't change this policy. Mm. But I think I, this book has this potential to create change. This book, uh, I believe in this book and I believe in uh, literature. So that's why I think this book will create change. And uh, this book will find its uh, way this book will find its uh, you know, position. So I think on future, people will uh, think about this book more than this time that we are. So yeah, by taking time on next year's and next uh, generation, I think this book will be more valuable. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to help people discover this. I um, You mentioned before the, the Kyriakal system and in No Friend But The Mountains, you outline this world of hierarchy and privilege and, and unspoken power within the prison uh, where a man may occupy the front of every line unchallenged or a group may control a mango tree. And yet all of these people must succumb to the officers um, who have their own power hierarchy between the Australians and the Papus. Can you talk to me about uh, Kiriaki and the operation of the Kiriakal system within the, the Manus prison? Help me understand it, if you could, please. Yeah, I think when I when I, I say chiral system, I don't mean only, uh, you know, this uh, system exists on Manus prison mm-hmm. or on Nauru. When I say chiral system, I mean in out, outside of Manus as well in Australian society, you can see chiral system in, uh, you know, the social structures and political structures in Australia as well. In hospitals, in, you know, educational system, in the universities, in, you know, military places. And, you know, all of the structures, we can see a part of curricular system Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, a system that take, is try to, you know, take people identity, take people you know, humanity, and uh, but I, what I am understanding is that the Manus prison is the main chiral system. Mm. So by studying about Manus prison and the chiral system that is controlling Manus prison, by studying this prison, by studying this prison deeply and try to understand that how they are torturing people, we can understand the other part of chiral systems in the other social and political structures on uh, Australia and other Western countries. So uh, that's why I call this book, uh, you know, Beyond of uh, Manus Prison, and I call this book as a book for Australian other, uh, you know, Western countries. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, people by reading this book, 
they can find some similarity in their, you know, uh, you know, in the society. You know, this uh, week I will publish an article on uh, uh, the Saturday paper mm-hmm. uh, in Australia that I uh, compare uh, the book No Friend But the Mountains and Manus Prison uh, with uh, um, uh, the movie I, uh, Daniel Blake. This movie uh, is one of the most important movies uh, over few past few years and uh, directed by the famous director in the uh, UK, uh, Ken Loach, and it's very important. So I compare the book and the movie I, Daniel Blake, and I explain that how is similar, you know, system that is running Manus Prison and the society. So I explain that, and I hope that people read this article, and I try to take them uh, through this hierarchical system to understand it. So uh, yeah, I compare it, and uh, I believe that there are. Uh, too many, too much similarity between curricular system and Manus Island and Manus Prison and other uh, parts of the society. I want to I want to talk then about about art and the role of art in in his introduction and translator's note. Um, Omid observes how integral narratives are to living life well, and he talks about how you're translating. No friend, but the mountains helped him understand that. Now you're you're imprisoned illegally at the hands of the Australian government, so it's I mean it's hard to say that you are living well at the moment. It's certainly not the life you would choose for yourself. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely, but, yeah definitely, yeah. But what what has the process of crafting this book brought to the way you live life? I mean, it was a very unique process, and it's taken you five years. But what did that process bring to the way you live your life? You know, actually, I always say that writing and creating art is, uh, you know, is a way that I survive. So I writing, I writing, and I creating art, you know, and, you know, I am living through my works to survive. So that is important. So this book, uh, written in a you know very hard, harsh condition, and actually with a very uh, you know incredible process because I send this book bit by bit, text by text to my translator, to Omid, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it uh, it was a very hard uh, you know process for me in a situation that I you know didn't have access to internet so it was really hard to you know it's really hard to when i think about the past that how did i write this book it's very incredible for myself as well Mm. so uh yeah uh, it was really hard but what i am thinking i am you know you should uh, you know imagine a prisoner Mm. i mean me i am a prisoner Yes. So in a prison, 
that the system always, you know, you know, re reduce me to a number. They call me MEG45. They didn't call me Berus. They call me MEG45. They, you know, always try to, you know, the system is try designed to humiliate me and others and take our identity. So writing for me, you know, give give my uh, identity back and give me power. Give me, you know, you know, keep my morality, keep my humanity. So the writing for me is an act of resistance. Art for me is an act of resistance to survive. I want to. I want to thank you again. Uh, thank you very much. I want to uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I'm. I'm so glad that I'm going to be able to share no friend but the mountains with with my listeners and and hopefully I mean I've I've already got a few people that want to steal my copy off me so I'm I'm going to share this book as far and wide as I can. Um, it's it's hard to say yeah. have a nice day or something trite when I sign off to you because I know you're you're still in a terrible situation. But I yeah I understand. Thank you very much. I look forward to the yeah. day when when it's we very kind of you. I look forward to the day when I can yeah, see you free. Kind. Thank you, Berus. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Okay, I'll say bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. That's it for this great conversation with Beruz Bishani. Beruz Bishani's novel, No Friend But The Mountains, has been out for a while now, and it's it's won numerous awards. It's raised so much awareness. Beruz is still imprisoned on Manus Island, but I do recommend you go out and read his book and, and find out a little bit more about the situation and, and what's happening in your country under the auspices of your government. Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2ACR's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. If you want to keep up on the latest in books, writing and literary culture, you can follow us on all the usual social medias. Just uh, look for at Final Draft 2SER. And if you subscribe in the podcast app you're listening to, you get a new great conversation every week. My name is Andrew Popel. I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading.